Hello beautiful ladies, I am Pulamons and this is The Resting Place. You know, I love this space because this is where we get to offload. And when we are light, we are not just light, we don't just offload in order to be able to handle the challenges of this earth, but we get light in order to be able to advance the kingdom of God, in order for us to recognize that wherever we are, whichever space God has placed us on this earth, he didn't just place us there in order for us to be mothers, in order for us to be career women, in order for us to do as we please, but he placed us there to do as we please, to be, you know, wives. He placed us there in order to advance his kingdom and when we are light then we are able to see uh, why we have been placed in certain places that we have been placed in you know all of a sudden when you are light you start recognizing that you are not just in the job to earn lots of money so that you can buy a beautiful home drive a fancy car dress up in uh, some fancy labels the point of you being there the core of you being in that position is so that you can start making um kingdom advancing um decisions so that you can start influencing that sector in order to make sure that the kingdom is advanced so tomorrow or on monday when we start waking up for work or even today after listening to this message as we get on with our duties wherever we are we start coming through with the new attitude because now we realize i'm not just a mother i'm i'm a, I'm a somebody who's been put in these children's lives so that that I can impart some God knowledge in them so that I can impart some God's spirit in them so that they grow up to be men and women who fear God. So now your approach to parenthood becomes different. When you are light, you start recognizing that you're not just a partner, you're not just a wife, you're not just a friend, but you are in people's lives to make sure that they repent, to make sure that they start knowing why they are here, to make sure that you start introducing Jesus Christ of Nazareth to these people who have been given to you to these people who are part of your life so when we get light we get light because we are supposed to advance the kingdom and all these other things that happen like being able to handle the challenges of this earth being able to of all of a sudden handle our financial situation to be able to handle our love relationships all of those become the byproduct of what we are intentionally trying to do on this earth which is to make disciples of all nations so today i'll be talking um to matthew 24 and i'm focusing my attention on verse 4 and 5 then i'll jump quickly to verse 12 and 13. matthew 24 
verse 4 to 5, Matthew 24, verse 12 to 13, and lastly, uh, just making reference to Judges 21, verse 25. So verse 4 of Matthew, oh, before I go to the verse, uh, the title of that text says, the signs of the times and the end of the age. Verse 4 says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Verse 5, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. And will deceive many. Verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Judges 21 verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Father God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you that I'm the chosen vessel for this time, for this age, and for these women that I am in contact with, the women only I can touch. May I be your vessel even this morning, Lord. Let not my intelligence, my wisdom, my understanding shine through, but only what comes from you that will work in me and through me. Because if it comes in and becomes life to my soul, then I'll be able to impart it to other souls that you've sent me to impart it to. So where we are, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives. He has just had a whole session about the Pharisees and the scribes. And he was telling people about how much of hypocrites the Pharisees and the scribes are. But he says that at a point where before this whole sermon about how hypocritical they are, he was going back and forth with them. They were busy asking him questions. But ultimately, Jesus asked them a question that nobody could answer. And the Bible says on Matthew 22, verse 46, and no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day on, 
did anyone dare question him anymore. So he has shown them the scribes and the Pharisees who thought they knew the, the scriptures more than Jesus. They went back and forth with Jesus and he kept on answering them. He kept on bringing back questions that hit them. But finally, he asked them something and nobody could answer him. And the Bible says from that point onwards, basically, they finally got the point that this is the Messiah. This is Jesus. And you don't dare question him, right? So they've stopped questioning him at that point because they could never answer what he was asking them. So once he had made a bold statement that the Pharisees and the scribes don't know as much as they claim to know or do not act out as much as they claim to know, now he, he tells the multitudes about how Pharisees and scribes are. He says those are the most hypocritical people you can ever find because they will tell you exactly what the scribes say. He says, you know what? In terms of the law, whatever it is that the Pharisees and the scribes tell you, you must trust that they know what they're talking about. They know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So when a Pharisee or a scribes that's talking and telling you about all sorts of verses that are in the Bible and quoting them. You must dare to believe them because they know exactly what these uh, scriptures say. But the problem comes in where their hypocrisy comes in is that the scribes and the Pharisees, though they know the scriptures, they do not act out what they know. That's what makes them hypocrites. So he has had this whole sermon about hypocritical Christianity. He's uh, warning people against being hypocrites. We are being warned against being hypocrites. Is what you are saying as a woman of God, what you are living you know, the Bible says in the book of James that teachers will be, will be judged more than any other person. Why? Because those are the people who sit or who stand in front of multitudes and start saying things to them. But the real test with teachers is, are you hypocrites or are you those who are sent by Christ? Will you do what you say? So once Jesus has, has had that whole sermon, he goes to the Mount of, of Olives and his disciples follow him there. He said a lot of things and one of those he mentioned about um, uh, the end of times. So privately, the disciples follow him to the Mount of Olives and they ask him, but please share with us uh, the signs of the end of times. The very first thing that Jesus says when he opens his mouth is verse 4. He says, Take heed that no one deceives you. Take heed that no one deceives you. Take. 
<laughs> take means to get, especially by force, to capture, to grasp. I especially like the meaning to lay hold of. And something interesting came up. It says take means to strike. Lay hold of, grasp, capture, get. Those I can understand. But I just couldn't make the connection. What does it mean when it says take means strike? You know, the two meanings that I dwelt into were lay hold of and strike. Lay hold of means take and hold. It means to grab. It means to understand. So when it says take, when he says take, that's not a position of weakness. Take, that means it's a position of power. He's calling us to a position of power. The first thing that we need to do is assume a position of power before we even understand how these signs will be or what these signs will be. We need to be in a position of power as women of God. And then when it says strike, to take is to strike as well. It says to become ignited. To become ignited. To discover something. To take root. I love that. Take heed. So before you try and understand what the enemy has against you, you need to be taking a position of power. You need to decide to assume a position of power. You need to be ignited about who is in you. You need to be recognizing. You need to discover who's in you and for you in order to be able to handle the end times. We need to discover who's in us. We need to discover who's for us. Take heed. We need to grab. We need to take and hold. Make sure that we know. We know that we know that we know who's for us, who's in us. What are we taking? What are we grabbing? We are paying attention. He says, take heed. Pay attention to. Pay careful attention. Take charge. I especially like that. Take 
charge before you try and understand what is going on in your life firstly know that you are more than a conqueror because of who is in you because of who is for you because of who is in me because of who is for me i need to be in a position of power at any point in my life understanding that i am a representative of the kingdom understanding that I am on this earth, but not of this earth. So whatever may happen to me, I am ready. I am willing to accept it because I've assumed a position of power. I have paid attention to who is for me as and in me. So that is the first thing that he says to them. Take heed. Once you understand who has sent you on this earth, once, once you've, we understand what our purpose is on this earth, then we will not be deceived. He says, take heed so that you're not deceived. So that you're not entrapped. So that you're not ensnared so that you are not deluded by artifice. And it says artifice is the artful skill. So we need to make sure that we know who has sent us, we know our shepherd, so that we may not be deceived by people's gimmicks, so that we may not be deceived by uh, miracles that people do in his name because we now understand that his name is powerful and whoever calls on that name it brings forth the power, the full might of who Jesus is. But just because they act in his name doesn't mean they are from him. So when we take heed, when we pay attention, when we discover who is for us and in us, who has sent us on this earth and the purpose why each of us is in whatever space we find ourselves on this earth, then we will not be deceived. He says, pay attention to who I am. Verse 5 says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. So Jesus, please show us what the signs are. He says, wait a minute, before you go there, do you even know who I am? Have you really paid attention while I have been with you on this earth to the kind of person that I am? Have you looked at the way I move? Have you paid attention to the words that I speak? Have you paid attention to the tone of my voice? Have you seen what my footsteps on this earth look like? Have you seen my fingerprints in your life? 
Have you heard the kind of deliverance that I brought you, that I gave you rather, on this earth? Did you, have you noticed how my eye twitches every time I get excited about a message that I'm about to give you? Have you paid attention to the little movement that I do with my lips every time I'm about to get irritated because of what the Pharisees and the scribes are doing? Have you really paid attention? Do you know me? Or have you seen just coincidences happening in your life? Or have you seen just moments of luck happening in your life? Or did you get hold of the fact that I was in that situation with you? Have you paid attention to when I made things happen in your life? To when I took Everything that was a pain and turned it into joy. Do you still remember those moments when I conquered on your behalf? Do you still remember those moments when I gave you peace in the midst of the storm? Have you really paid attention of the person that I've been in your life? Before you look for signs, pay attention because many will come in my name. How many people have taken your attention, ladies? How many people have you run after because you saw their gimmicks? You saw the miracles that they performed. You saw their artful skill. The way they speak, you were drawn to them because they spoke about Jesus in the way that nobody has ever spoken about Jesus before. But did you pay attention to their footsteps? Or were you drawn to their knowledge of the Bible and you forgot to pay attention to how they move. Do they move like Christ? Do they say what they, they do, do they act according to what they say? Or did you fall for the Pharisees' tricks where they learned the Bible in order to draw you near to them, in order to get you to believe in them and forget about Christ? Pay attention so that you may not be deceived. Deception, deception, will be one of the biggest tools that the devil will use in the end days, deception. So are you paying attention or are you recognizing um, wh whatever is happening in your life, the blessings that you've enjoyed, uh, the miracles that you've enjoyed? Have you just uh, laid them down to coincidence? Have you just decided it was just luck? Or have you decided it was just, you know, the stars lining up? Or did you recognize Christ in those moments? Even in your struggle, you feel like you're struggling, but when people look at you and look at your life, they see only blessings. Do you recognize that 
fingerprint of Christ in that situation? Have you paid attention to who Christ is in your life? Have I paid attention to who Christ is in my life? Verse 12 says, And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many, oh gosh, will grow cold. The love of many will grow cold because of lawlessness. But he, 13, who endures to the end shall be saved. We call ourselves Christians. You know, when you say you're a Christian, it means you're a believer in Christ. But Christ says, if you love me, then obey my commandments. So all of a sudden we find ourselves as Christians or saying we are Christians. We speak like Christians. We know the scripture like Christians. And yet when we act out, we act out in a way that suits each and every single one of us. The book of Judges says the only reason why the children of Israel would act as they saw fit in their eyes was because they did not have a king. So we are Christians who abound in lawlessness. How is it that a nation that calls itself of Christ, that calls itself the, the servants or the disciples of Christ are abounding in lawlessness? Because the only way lawlessness should abide in a nation is if that nation has no king. The mere fact that we're calling ourselves Christians means there is a king that should be putting out laws, that should be setting out laws. If I am a Christian, then I, I, it means I'm saying I'm under a certain kingdom. I have given myself to be ruled and governed by the laws of that kingdom. But then it says, he says, Jesus says, in the end days, we will abound in lawlessness. Pharisees, scribes, they know all the laws. <laughs> they know the scriptures. They quote them from uh, Genesis to Revelations. And yet their footsteps do not resemble those of Christ. He says, lawlessness will abound. But when he was about to leave, he said, the most important thing is for us to love one another. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love the Lord your God. And yet here we are, he says, in the end days, lawlessness will abound. And the result of lawlessness will be that 
our love for each other, our love for Christ, our love for the kingdom will grow cold. We will not be moved anymore by the scripture. We will read a scripture a day just to get the devil away. But when we are out there, immediately after reading that scripture, when we stand up from that place, we then get into our everyday living. We start defining how we want to live our lives, forgetting that we said we are the disciples of Christ. All of a sudden, the laws that are in this holy book will grow cold, will not touch any of those who call themselves my disciples. Lawlessness will abound to a point where their love will grow cold. <laughs> they will not be moved anymore by the sermons that come out. Their love will grow cold. They will not be moved anymore by the suffering of their neighbors. They will look out for themselves and only themselves. Their love will grow cold. They will not want to teach their fellow colleagues so that they are always on top of everybody else at the expense of other people because their love has grown cold. They will tell their friends, leave that man. He is so abusive. That man doesn't love you. If he loved you, he wouldn't be doing this. Only for them to come into that friend's home once they've left and become the new madam of that household. Their love will grow cold. They will borrow money, they will borrow resources, they will borrow things and not pay them back. Because their love will grow cold. A woman of God will have multiple partners and not flinch. And have the audacity to call them ministers of different departments. <laughs> Their love will grow cold. They will not be moved by any of these scriptures. They will not be moved by any of these messages anymore. When a sermon is being shared, a woman of God will decide to sleep it out. Their love will grow cold. They won't care about their language anymore. <laughs> the culture that is on this earth to curse as much as we want, to say things whichever way we wish without even considering how the next person will take it, will abound in us. A woman will have a bumper sticker says, saying, a disciple of Christ at the back of her car. And yet, when somebody cuts them in traffic, cuts in front of them in traffic, 
They open up a window and raise their middle finger. Their love will grow cold. Betrayal will happen without flinching, people flinching. Unruliness will happen. In the churches, people will want to do as they please, forgetting that those who did as they pleased were people who had no king. The Israelites found themselves having no king. So anyone could decide what was right in their eyes. But if you say you have a king, if I say I have a king, the king of kings, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, then it follows that this king will obviously have the laws that should govern me. Am I governed by this law? The law that says, love your neighbor as you love yourself. How do you love God that you have not seen with your own eyes if you cannot love your neighbor as you love yourself? How will you be able to respect God of all creations if you failed to respect your neighbor, your partner? If you've, you've failed to respect your neighbor, your children, if you failed to respect your neighbor, your neighbor, your colleague, your manager, your subordinate, if you fail to respect human beings that you see with the eyes, your natural eyes, how will you be able to move to a level where you love God? Their love will grow cold in the end. But you know, it's not all doom and gloom. <laughs> Verse 13 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. How do we endure? We get to a space where we start understanding why did God put me on this earth? God, why did you put me in this position that I'm in? God, why did you put me in this family that I'm in? Why did you put me in this circle of friends that I'm in? And once we understand God's purpose for our lives, then we are able to move as kingdom advancers all the time. We show up on this earth Differently, we accept the fact that we are supposed to be different because we are not on this earth to conform to the standards of this earth, but we are on this earth to advance the kingdom. And in order to advance the kingdom, you need to be differentiated from the rest of the people that are around you. They need to see what the love of Christ looks like by looking at how you relate to them. They need to know what Christ speaks like by the things that come out of your mouth. They need to recognize how Christ moves by how you, 
you you put one foot in front of the other they need to see cross uh, fingerprints by you extending a helping hand they need to see kindness in us the world needs patience the world needs long suffering the world needs love we need to start loving ourselves because once you start loving yourself and recognizing that you've got a purpose and everything that you have been through it's because it is aligned to the purpose that God put you on this earth for then you'll start appreciating everything that is happening in your life good or bad because you understand that there is a purpose why you need to move the way you're moving right now why you need to face the kind of challenges that you're facing right now we are not called to be weak we are called to be grabbers we are called to be takers we are called to be advancers we are called to a position of power weakness is not part of who we are being overly sensitive is not part of who we are <laughs> taking offense is not part of who we are we are called to a position of power because we are <laughs> having signs right now that these are the end times we only just have to look around and within <laughs> because sometimes we are so quick to look at other people we don't recognize how cold our own uh, love is so as i close just going to say lord search me cleanse me with hyssop so that all the uncleanliness that is not required inside of me may be filtered out and only your strength only your power and only your might might be left inside of me only the kind of love that only you can give may remain i pray for a heated kind of love that will show up in the world let all who come in contact of me and any of these ladies who will hear this message lord see your glory the manifestation of your presence in the way we live our lives you know you've shown us that Pharisees and scribes know how to talk. They know how to set out a message so beautifully. But what you are interested in is our footprints, is our love, is our fingerprints. Help us do what we speak about. Help us represent you in a way that you need to be represented. Offload us of the challenges of this world lord 
make us recognize that all these things that we are going through are part of the purpose and we just need to get hold of that purpose so that we are able to advance the kingdom. You have sent us to make disciples of all nations and righteousness, love, peace, and long-suffering is one of those things, those fruit that need to be evident in our lives. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. May our love be ignited by this message so that we are able to advance the kingdom in the way that we claim we are advancing it. Thank you.